Live from the ACU of Texas studio, we are partnering with you in health. We're going to be highlighting some of Bay Area's top doctors, latest technology, and medical services. This is Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. Hi, everybody. Welcome. My name is Abby Lee, your host of Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. We have like an amazing group of people here today, and we have uh, a dad and two babies here. Ooh, we're so excited for some babies. So um, if you hear some crying in the background, we do have actually two. They were the first twins that were born at Bay Area Regional Medical Center. We're so excited to have them here. And mom to share her story. This is gonna be so much fun. And the two doctors that actually took care of her along the way, which is so exciting. And then we're gonna talk to Nicole at the very end about her story as well. So today is like, patient testimonial day and uh, our, our two awesome doctors. So first we're gonna talk to Karina. Karina is the first mom to have twins at Bay Area Regional Medical Center. She didn't even know that. Mm. <laughs> she was like, until you told me. So we're, we're gonna get her story. Then we're gonna talk to Dr. Daphshi who delivered her babies at the hospital. So we'll get all the scoop about uh, your experience. And Dr. Goharkey is a maternal fetal medicine physician who also took care of Karina along the way. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about to to both of you a little bit about your um, how all of this came together as a group, and then we'll talk to Nicole about her story for the hospital as well. So y'all excited? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> all right, everybody on Facebook. Nice to see you guys. Okay, so uh, our women's center actually just opened in September of last year, September 11th of all days it was pushed back a little bit because of hurricane harvey but we were open we've been open for a long time we have a nicu with level three capabilities so we can take care of babies who are as young as 23 weeks which is awesome which is crazy to think of a baby being born that young but uh, we can definitely take care of those babies and we'll talk a little bit about that but first i want to talk to you karina and hear your story about well let's let's start from before let's not let's not start at your delivery let's talk about okay so you have twins does twins run in your family were you expecting to possibly have twins they do run in my family they run through my mom's side my grandmother had two sets of twins um one didn't make it the other set did which are my uncles and i wasn't expecting at all ever since my uncles there hasn't been any other activity of twins or anything in the family so it really kind of threw me off for a surprise so when did you find out that you were having twins and what was that like whenever you found out um it was a dr davishi we had went for a visit and it happened to be on my husband's birthday as well it was october oh, the second happy birthday dad <laughs> you're having twins yeah that's pretty much how i win and um I remember he was just doing the regular ultrasound, and I remember um, Dr. Abishi just said it so casually. I think he mentioned, oh, it's two, and I was like, what? It's <laughs> 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 just like the way he said it, it's like, oh, it's two, and I'm like, what? Two? Like, are you sure? And of course, when he turns the screen, you can see that there were two yeah, babies. There two babies. Yeah, whenever I went in to get my ultrasound, uh, I was all like, you know, but you, you know, you just don't know, right? So my first ultrasound, I was like, okay, is it just one or is it two? And that was one of the conversations that we have. How far along were you when you found out that you had twins? Mm, I'm gonna try to wing it. I can't really remember, but I'm gonna see somewhere maybe 16, 20 weeks. Do you remember, Doctor Abishi? Around 16 weeks, 16 as far as I could remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you want to find out the gender right off the bat? Yes, I did. Yeah, I always kind of 
I can't think of a way of how most folks would do it where they hold off until the end and then you gotta rush and get all the stuff for them. Mm. So I, yeah. yeah, I did really kind of want to know. Especially with two. <coughs> yeah, definitely with two. <laughs> so were you hoping for a specific gender or did it matter? Um, to me, I think I know for a fact I wanted a boy for sure since I already have a girl. Mm-hmm. And I know my husband wanted to have um, a boy and a girl. Because my daughter, she's from a previous relationship. Uh-huh. So with him, this would be our first children. So we, I guess the best way for him would have been, I guess, the boy and the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I ended up getting it my way, and it was two boys. So. Yay! <laughs> <know>. Boy mom. <laughs> Me too. That's awesome. So when did you decide that you were going to have your babies at Bay Area Regional? Um, I remember I was doing research on this. Um, I used to work around this area. So I, my game plan was like, well, if anything were to happen, the, I was hoping the hospital would be around this area too, but maybe like a clinic would be a little bit closer to my home, uh, which is more towards the Houston area. And um, I came across um, Pasadena. I came across Dr. Daffy's office. And mm-hmm. of course, their hospital was over here. I was like, well, that works. Hospital is kind of close to my job in case of anything. And the clinic itself is not that far from where I'm staying at. So that's kind of how I went about the locations the facilities itself I had read some reviews and they were just I didn't see anything wrong it was just saying that I didn't know it was new I didn't know it was that new but I didn't see anybody say anything wrong people were saying it was a good experience for mm-hmm. their babies so and as well for their clinic too so I was like well yeah let's go for it so. and we're so glad that you chose Bay Area Regional too because you were the, you had the first wins yay that's yeah. so exciting okay so tell me about your Okay, so the day comes when, you know, you never, you'll, you, me, I started having contractions, but I know your story is completely different. So yeah. tell us your story about how you went into labor and had the babies. Okay, so it started, no, that day of, the day before, I had just went for a visit with Dr. Javishi, and then the day of, Dr. Was go, I was going to go with Dr. Goharki. Did mm-hmm. I say it right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just make sure. <laughs> and um, it was around two o seven. I remember I was looking at the clock. I was doing something. I was still kind of awake. And I remember that this I, is a.m. Right? Yes, this okay. was a.m. This was like early in the morning. Okay. And I remembered that I had sneezed and I had thought I peed on myself, <laughs> which never has actually happened to me before. But I've heard it plenty of times. So I assume, the joys of pregnancy. Yeah. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I assume it was gonna be one of those things. I was like, oh, okay, so I got up went to go do my business and I just started noticing little signs when I to actually went and go to the restroom and um, after that I was like well you know what let me change into something else so from the room while I was walking towards the closet I happened to pass by my mom my mom kind of woke up and she told me what's going on I was like no I think I peed myself she was like oh okay so she lays down again so I go to the closet and I'm getting a different set of clothes and I guess quote unquote when pee comes out it happened again it happened again <laughs> so I was like okay I'm peeing a lot right now. <laughs> and my mom's like, what's going on? I was like, I think I peed myself again. And she's kind of, she had that tone where it's like, is it pee or is it something else? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm hoping it's pee. So I said, well, drink a shower and then see what happens in a little bit. So, okay. So I was like, let me take a shower. Got out the shower. She happened to be walking in the moment that I was getting dressed and literally a lot more of it came out this point. I'm like, I don't think it's pee anymore. She's yeah. like, me neither. <laughs> so after that, she went and, um, she went to go wake up my husband, and it's, um, the way she kind of said it was kind of funny to me because she was trying to keep control of things by saying, hey, his name's Muslim's name is Balfrey. She's like, hey, Balfrey, Karina's water broke. But it's like the way she said it was she was sounding so panicky, but she wanted to have control of it. <laughs> yeah. And then he came out, and he was like, Freaking know. out? Well, not like freaking out, but I guess because he's a heavy sleeper, it's kind of like, what, what's going on? Is it happening? Yeah. 
So I didn't have anything ready. I didn't have a hospital bag. I mean, I wasn't expecting to have, you know, about 32 weeks the baby. So <coughs> it's kind of, well, let's just go and see. And maybe it is, I just peed on myself a lot right now. So yeah, we came to the hospital, you know, signed in. Staff was really nice. Same thing I was telling them, um, telling you guys now. I told them, I was like, I'm kind of hoping it's pee. But I don't know if people <laughs> pee like that, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. And, uh, of course, after, you know, um, checking, I guess, um, come to find out that one of my waters broke I'm from my bigger baby. Yeah. From one of my twins. So I was like, okay, so, you know, my water broke. At that point, I was told that um, I think it won't go past 24, 48 hours, I was assuming, after the water broke, that they'll keep a baby inside. I don't know, Dr. Daffigy. I think that's something that I, um, I think the nurse that was helping me was um grant and i think he mentioned oh, okay. it to me yeah yeah it was something about 40 hours so i was like, okay so the thing the game plan was to keep the babies inside me as much as possible mm-hmm. so i don't know um from two o'clock i think up until in the morning where i got an ultrasound checked they started just kind of giving me medicine just to kind of keep the contracts under control at some point after the morning i guess throughout the day i started having contractions but i was able, i really wasn't feeling it because of the medicine so mm-hmm. but um i'd say around five it was about 5 p.m um at that time my mom was with me my husband had went back home and uh, i remember that i was just talking to my mother and i felt uh, i actually felt one of the contractions a good contraction yeah, yeah like a good one i was like oh okay i felt it and it doesn't help that i have pretty good pain tolerance yeah, yeah. so i kind of just blew it off and thought maybe you know this is one strong one but then it started being consistent yeah started getting another one that was strong and then another one and so then grant came in and said yeah we have to do something else what, yeah. did, what did he say well if i'm not mistaken i think I, he had came asked me if it was going on i was like you know i felt this one he was like well let's just see what happens and i guess after a certain point he stepped out and it just started progressing where it was like well, an actual contraction where i actually had to start you know doing the breathing and mm-hmm. and then my mom's like oh my god you're contracting i was like i know <laughs> so i told grant and then um i guess everything just started going into place it's like okay you know we got to do a c-section um, one of the babies was transverse. I think that's the term that they use. So it's like, you know, it's we're going to have babies. It's happening. So I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That and then my husband wasn't there anymore. So I told my mom, when I was trying to contraction, between contraction, I was like, tell, contraction, my husband, contraction. Yeah. Hurry up. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they took you back into the OR. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Um, they pretty much, throughout the process, they were just prepping me a lot because I wasn't expecting to have a C-section. I guess deep down in my heart, I really wanted to have a natural birth since yeah. I had it with that with my daughter. I didn't really know anything about a C-section. I know except that they, you know, they cut you open and they numb you. But I guess when they say it like that, when you read it like that, it kind of scares you. Yeah. So I know um, when they were in there and they were prepping me and everything was just kind of going a little, well, it may not, it may have seemed fast, but I guess it wasn't fast. But to me, it was kind of like fast like everything was just mm-hmm. happening so quickly but everybody she's very fast yeah. <laughs> yeah everything was going at a pace but um everybody that was in there and every staff that had their job to do at the moment they yeah. kind of told me you know this is what i'm gonna do this is what's gonna happen and the next person you know if we're gonna do this you're gonna feel this and it kind of just progressed that way until next thing you know i heard the first baby cry and i was like what they really took one out <laughs> that's awesome and then i heard the second cry and then that's pretty much how it happened. My husband ended up making it, so he took the first Yay, picture with them. Yeah, you made it, you made it, Dad. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay, so we are actually at our first break, which is crazy. So I have a couple more questions to ask you, and then we're going to go to Dr. Dafshi in the next segment. So if you're listening or watching, you guys, hold on for just a few few minutes. We'll be right back for the rest of her story. 
Hi everybody, welcome back. My name is Abby Lee, your host of Bay Area Regional Medical Center. Medical Hour. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by the baby. Look, we have one. So we have two twins in here. So if you're just tuning in, and if you're listening on the radio, I'm sorry you can't see it right now, but we have t the first mm. twins that were born at Bay Area Regional Medical Center here in the studio, and they're so precious. That's so cute. Okay, so Karina was telling us, now let's just all have a moment and say, ah, you ready? One, two, three. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we were talking about your experience. I think the time goes by so fast. So talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about, um, so the babies were born and they, they had to go into the NICU. They were born a little early and they had to go into the NICU. What was your experience mm -hmm. like in the NICU? Because most moms don't even think about having to have their babies in the NICU or what that means or what that's like. So talk to me a little about a little bit about your experience. Yeah, I would happen to be one of those moms because I wasn't really prepared about exactly. I knew they would be in there, but I wasn't. I didn't have the knowledge of how it worked inside of there. But um, once that happened, um, all the nurses and staff pretty much the same way as I had my C-section. They just kind of walked me through. They talked to me how it goes through, how I can visit my babies, um, the room itself since it's two of them. Um, pretty much it was it felt like kind of like they had their own little home at the time mm -hmm. it just That's felt awesome. comfy for them so it had currents and stuff so it felt a little pricey if I was there and if I wanted to like breastfeed or anything um, I pretty much had that I guess that privacy with my child with both of them yeah. in that case so that's the best part of having private suites in a NICU like that's really unheard of nowadays um, and I'm glad that we have it at Bay Area Regional and we also you were the first twins to be in our twin NICU room mm -hmm. so so since they are they are private um, we do have a couple of rooms that can open up to have twins Convert. in there so it converts into like one bigger room that has two sections in it so oh baby I know <laughs> okay so um, the nurses were great in the NICU they helped you out and dad is coming to help out too so a little bit um, Karina and I were talking um, yesterday about all of this and she was talking a little bit about how the nurses were just amazing specifically Grant that was helping her out will you while you're trying to crab the baby uh, I think we need to give a shout out to him he's probably one of the only if probably the only male L&D nurse in in the Grant? area so I know yeah he's, he's great. special and everybody that I've met that has had him as a nurse absolutely loves him. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, Grant is awesome. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about the the experience that you had with the nurses on the floor. Um, the nurses itself, I mean, if I could, I, I felt like I should have. I should have remembered all their names or even wrote it down. But every single one of them was just amazing. They helped me a lot before and after. Um, before, I know Grant's name comes up a lot because I guess I like, spent most of the day with them. Mm -hmm. As far as the staff, after this, when I had my C-section and with the babies, every single one of the nurses was just really nice to me. They were just great. It was made me feel comfortable, especially because I just went through a C-section and I wasn't really expecting it. And I guess it's just... You know, and you were, didn't you say you were a little nervous, too, about the whole process? Yeah, I was because I wasn't really for sure how everything would go down during or even after a c-section so but they pretty much every single one of them every, even every every time that there was a shift change and there was someone different it felt like it was still kind of the same person because it's just the same kind of i guess how do i say it i guess the respect and the honesty and how they treated me was just consistent with all of them so it just felt pretty comfortable with every single nurse was it the same in the NICU coming I, I can only imagine what it's like to have your babies and be in the hospital and then have to go home and leave your babies in the NICU what were there what was that like with the NICU nurses with the nurses there it was the same thing they were really nice they pretty much I guess because they let parents be there a lot I guess it's pretty much like almost 24 7 if I'm mistaken or 23 hours 
um, I kind of got to see how they treated my babies. So mm-hmm. it felt pretty comfortable. I thought I would cry a lot leaving them there. But I guess I just got comfortable knowing that they were somewhere where they were safe. They were going to get well taken care of. So yeah. All of the nurses pretty much showed that to me and to the baby. So it brought a lot of comfort to me. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your story today. And you have the cutest babies ever. <laughs> Thank you for bringing them in today. All right, Dr. Daffashi, and you were her yes, OBGYN. Ma'am. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with Karina and delivering the first twins. Thank you, Abby, for inviting me. Um, so Karina was um, uh, our patient, and uh, she came for her first visit. And we normally do an ultrasound on the first visit. And uh, of course, everybody uh, uh, were you know relaxed and uh, expecting a baby one. <laughs> But just putting the ultrasound on her belly, and you can see two babies with two heartbeats, and uh, it was a, a, a very joyful uh, time. Um, so from there on, the, the trip or the, the the whole the story starts, and um, it, it was um, thank God that everything went fine, and it was a very successful uh, delivery. Um, so um, normally with twins, we um, um, expect the expect some trouble so I always um, try to have a maternal fetal medicine on board with my, with me and uh, Dr. Guharki um, is usually my favorite um, uh, doctor in the area here so um, yay uh, which is why you're here Dr. Guharki exactly. that's awesome yeah. <laughs> so Karina went to see him and uh, between both of us we took care of her uh, pregnancy at 32 weeks as she said she started having trouble with uh, rupture of membranes and at that time as, as we probably expect a preterm babies and preterm uh, delivery with uh, potential complications so we try to normally stop labor at that stage and try to give her uh, some medicine to help the baby's lung uh, mature to mature and mm-hmm. usually it takes about 48 hours for the lungs to mature after um, the medication we give her so that's why we you know she was mentioning the 48 hours okay. that was crucial um, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they, the babies wants to come, then they will come at <laughs> the time that they, that they want. Ready, yeah, exactly. Some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, delivery went well. Everything went well. Uh, thank God. Awesome. So you were one of the first doctors to deliver at Bay Area Regional. Why do you choose to deliver at Bay Area Regional? Um, that is really an important question. I think um, I. I go to a lot of hospitals in the area. I've been here for 18 years. I've been delivering babies for 28 years, but uh, Bay Area is exceptional. Um, it's very modern. Uh, it's state-of-the-art technology. Um, excellent doctors, excellent nurses. Uh, NICU that's uh, unparalleled in this mm-hmm. area uh, with private rooms, uh, family-focused. Uh, I really feel very comfortable um, taking especially my high-risk patients uh, to Bay Area. Awesome. So what have some of your, besides Karina, what are some, what have some of the other patients said as, an, as their experience been? Uh, just wonderful, wonderful. Uh, in fact, every patient that I deliver in the morning when I round on her, I ask her, uh, how was your experience uh, with the hospital? And every single one of them uh, spoke very highly of the hospital. It's a great hospital. And we're very proud to have it here in Southeast Houston. Yay, awesome. So talk to me a little bit about the equipment that ma- that makes our Women's Center stand out a little bit. Uh, it starts even with the delivery bed. The delivery bed is so up to date that it's very easy to break, very easy uh, to, for the patient to be comfortable in and also for the doctor to deliver the baby. Um, we have three ORs, um, high technology, very, very uh, sophisticated uh, anesthesia. Um, and then when you go to the NICU, it's, it's state of the art. So uh, really from uh, the very beginning, and um, it's, it's really wonderful uh, experience. 
Okay, so tell me a little bit about you. You said you've been an OBGYN for 18 years. So tell me why did you want to become a doctor and then why an OBGYN? Okay. Well, um, I, I wanted to become a doctor since I was five years old. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so um, my mom told me, you know, you're going to go to the school. And I said, uh, why? I don't want to go to school. And so she said, no, to become a doctor. So I said, okay, well, if that's the case, let's go to school then. So I went to school, and first day went, second day went, third day went, and then a week later I went to mom. I told her, I've been a whole week in school and didn't get the stethoscope yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset. <laughs> My father was a doctor as well, so oh, that made okay. me so really follow. Yeah. Was he an OBGYN too? No, general, general okay. practitioner. Um, and then why OBGYN? So that is the very common questions and uh, it's not exactly uh, easy to answer, but I think my feeling is that um, it's a very joyful uh, uh, specialty. A specialty. Uh, you are around the family during the a very a special time of their life when they have their baby and you are part of it. In fact, you are the one who delivered the baby and everybody's happy and everybody's joyful and cheerful. So this is really gives me a, a very gratifying uh, feeling whenever I deliver a baby. Uh, the other thing is that most of our patients are young and healthy. So uh, it, it's really much, much better to, to deal with um, uh, that kind of population than uh, dealing with uh, old senile mm -hmm. patients. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me a little bit of background about your background in education. Where did you go to school? So I went to medical school in Cairo, Egypt, and then uh, after graduation, I went to England, and uh, I stayed there for six years where I um, practiced OBGYN, and I had board certification from uh, United Kingdom. Then I went to, to I came here to the U.S. and I had my uh, residency at University of Chicago and Indiana University, had my board certification. And I've uh, been practicing in Southeast U since uh, since uh, 2000. So what brought you to Texas? Oh, that's my favorite uh, topic. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be a long story. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we got 30 <laughs> seconds left. So if this is a long story, we're going to have to wait until the next segment. So why don't we just go ahead and go to break and give ourselves an extra 20 seconds on the other side. So I will answer this. Let's ask answer this question on the flip side. So if you're watching or listening, you guys stay tuned and we'll be right back. In our first couple of segments, we're talking about all things OB, really, our Women's Center. We're, we're talking to Karina about her experience at the hospital and delivering the first set of twins. And we were talking to Dr. Dafshi, and then we ran out of time. So I'm interested to hear what brought you to Texas. <laughs> well, um, it started with a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Magdi Risk, who's an OBGYN actually in Sugarland, And uh, I used to come and visit with him. And... Um, meet people and I just fell in love with Houston and Texas people and um, very courteous, very polite, um, honest. Uh, I just love to, to, to live here and then finished my residency and I was keeping an eye on uh, Texas uh, for, for a job opportunity and then, it, uh, you know, uh, with the grace of God, a uh, job came uh, in Southeast Houston and uh, um, uh, moved here and since then um, you know I always say I wasn't born in Texas but I came as, as fast as I can yes <laughs> me too exactly okay talk to me about your uh, where your office is located so my office is in uh, Pasadena on Fairmont Parkway and I have another office in uh, Webster on Blossom Street um, with um, three doctors uh, four providers with a midwife as well um, we see a lot of patients, especially uh, obstetrics patients, uh, together with uh, you know high high risk patients and uh, normally risk patients. Um, 
Um, What's your uh, phone number, website, if someone wants to contact you? Sure. Uh, so the phone number is 281-991-7603. And we have uh, wonderful staff that are eager to uh, pick up the phone and uh, make appointments for uh, all the listeners. And uh, we have a website, uh, www.womenobgyncenter.com. Awesome. Is there anything that you'd like to say to Karina before we go to Dr. Goharki? Um, yeah. Um, we'd like to see you again with another twin soon. <laughs> oh, no. Look at her face. She's like, oh boy. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> nah, you can just wish me luck. There you go. I wish you all the luck in the world. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Goharki. Uh, Dr. Goharki is a maternal fetal medicine doctor, and if you don't have, if you haven't given birth or haven't been around this, not a lot of people know what an MFM does. So talk to us a little bit about um, what you do and how you were involved in Karina's care. Okay. So as you know, as you mentioned, maternal fetal medicine or MFM is, is a subspecialty of OBGYN. We specialize in imaging of the baby and managing any complications that are relate, related to pregnancy. We're also called high-risk specialists. You know, we don't have to always be taking care of high-risk women. We get involved in... Uh, doing imaging on low-risk women many times as well. But if you have uh, a set of twins like Karina did, uh, you know, we get involved as early as possible. Mm -hmm. And so appropriately, Dr. Daffa, she referred her to us. Um, it's very important with a twin pregnancy to determine at the earliest possible time whether the two babies share the placenta or whether they have a common placenta. Oh. That will, to some degree, determine the likelihood of having complications and also the management strategy and the frequency of visits. So if you have one placenta, is it a higher chance of having or less? There's a high risk of, for complications because of the connections between the two sites that may be present. You could uh, potentially see a complication uh, that's called twin-twin transfusion that can become very serious and can put the life of both babies at risk. Oh, wow. So you, you need to follow those babies uh, more frequently and monitor them for the development of this condition mm -hmm. and treat appropriately if that happens. Wow, okay, so you saw Karina probably around what, how far along was she, do you think? We saw her at about uh, 18 weeks of pregnancy. And, okay. uh, so she, her babies did not share the placenta they, each had their own bag and their own placenta. Since we heard about that earlier. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That is correct. And um, so, you know, we looked at the dating. Um, so we determined that the dating was, um, you know, needed to be adjusted. So that's also a very important uh, factor to determine the accurate dating for twin gestation. Um, and then, um, plus, she had an additional risk for, uh, you know, on top of having a twin gestation already, of uh, being at risk for preterm delivery. So we followed her closely. We um, you know, managed her medically as well. Thankfully, she made it to you know, 32 weeks. We would, like, we would have preferred for her to make it even further, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, the, she did well, the babies did well, so we were very happy about the outcome. Yay, awesome. <laughs> so do most twins go until 32, 35, 40 weeks? So you cannot predict, of course, in any specific right. case how far they're going to make it. But on average, twins deliver around 36 weeks. About 10% or more will not make it to uh, 30 or 32 weeks. And so the extreme premature babies are where you, you can have more problems and 
those are the ones where we're really concerned about. You know, in this case, she made it to a pretty good uh, age for both babies. She yeah. received the, you know, the steroid injections before delivery. So um, I think, you know, she had the adequate care. So we expect a good outcome. And of course, we're happy to see that, that ha that's what happened. Yay. And for those of you, if you're just tuning in, there are babies in here. So if you're mm -hmm. hearing the cry, <laughs> that's what's going on. Okay, so at what point do you normally see patients in their OB patients during their pregnancy? So this is so open-ended. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there so many different things that you see patients for. So. That is correct. And, you know, it, it all depends. You know, a lot of times we, we would see them before their pregnancy if they had complications previously, if they were having recurrent miscarriages, if they have cervical problems, if they have certain conditions that can affect their uh, pregnancies uh, significantly, such as diabetes or uh, recurrent pregnancy losses, uh, lupus, autoimmune conditions. Ooh, I never thought about anything like that either. So, um, yeah, I mean, and then depending on when, you know, when they get referred to us during the pregnancy and for what purpose, if it's for just regular imaging, they would come maybe early on to determine the dating. Maybe they would come around uh, three months of pregnancy to do the nuchal translucency measurement and talk about genetic screening options or, um, you know, for the 20-week ultrasound scan. Or those are so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited with this. What's the common reason that you see most patients as an MFM? So there's many different reasons. Um, you know, very frequently, you know, if you have a twin gestation or multiple uh, gestation, uh, a lot of times we deal with women who are diagnosed with gestational diabetes mm -hmm. and we, um, you know, teach them about their diet and how to check their blood sugar levels and manage that and follow the baby's well-being as well. Like we mentioned, people with uh, medical conditions um, like high, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, if there is abnormal genetic screening results or genetic testing results, if there's family history of genetic conditions, we deal with that and try to assess and determine what the risk to the pregnancy is. So many okay. different reasons. Awesome. All right. Those babies are so cute. <laughs> That's so cute. Leon, aren't you excited that we have babies in here today? <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell me, why did you want to become a doctor and why an MFM? So maybe similar story to Dr. Daffish. My dad's also a physician, so I was fascinated Oh, what from kind of doctor on. is he? He's an anesthesiologist. Oh, okay. So, you know, I enjoyed uh, seeing, you know, how he was able to help people and, you know, how he was respected as well. So, yeah. Uh, and I... When I was really young, you know, I would go in with him and, you know, watch operations. And so um, I guess, you know, you always say you don't want to, you know, force your kids into doing anything. But, you know, it wasn't forced. And, you know, that's what I chose to do. So why MFM? MFM, that was pretty straightforward um, for me because, you know, I, I've always loved babies. You know, I like uh, taking care of pregnant women. Uh, it's very complex. You know, you're taking care of two or even more than two, in Karina's case, uh, mm -hmm. humans at the same time. So the interaction between them and, you know, watching all, you know, involved at the same time yeah. makes it more interesting and exciting. So talk to me about your background in education. Where did you go to school? Uh, I also lived in Europe for some time. Uh, I went to medical school. I didn't do this on purpose. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Not in England, but I was in, uh, in Vienna, in Austria, Ooh, is where fun. I lived for a long time. And I finished medical school there, and then uh, I was very interested in getting involved in research in maternal fetal medicine, so went to the University of Southern California for a postdoc, 
and then um, stayed on, went to Miami, Florida, to the University of Miami for my residency, and then came to Texas afterwards for so, my fellowship and PhD. What, so that brought you to Texas, and you just loved it, and you decided that you wanted to stay? I did love it, but then I ended up leaving after a little while, and uh, went to Washington, D.C. area, uh, practiced there for about five years, and had the opportunity to come back, so we moved back. Uh, and you know we've been here since and we've been happy to be here awesome so if someone wants to contact you what's your what's your contact information where's your office located so our main office is located uh, very close to the hospital in uh, 711 west bay area boulevard in webster we have locations in pasadena and east houston as well uh, you can visit our website at pregnancyspecialtycenter.com or you could call us, our phone number is 281-707-0939. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Goharki. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back to talk to Nicole about her story. You guys hang on for just a minute. Uh-oh. We just had an amazing time talking to Karina, Dr. Dafashi, Dr. Goharki about our Women's Center and the, the, the delivery of our very first set of twins. So that was super exciting. So we're gonna s- change gears real quick and talk to Nicole. And everybody's like, Dr. Daffashi <laughs> was like, what's your story, Nicole? <laughs> because I didn't really say what huge story up, yeah. it was gonna be about. So today we, we're talking to two different patients and getting your her story now. Now, Nicole didn't just deliver a baby. So she didn't bring her babies in. But we wanted to talk about her story for her weight loss story. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to tell all of your story because I feel like I could. I feel like I've asked you this story. Yes. I don't know how many times, but I'm... We're great friends because of it, yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell me your story. Why did you... What did you do? Why did you do it? Well, and we've talked about this before. Um, I decided to have weight loss surgery. It, it'll be two years in July. Um, I am fortunate enough to work at Bay Area Regional Hospital, so I, you know, knew of the program, knew of my surgeon, Dr. Chaudhry, and was able to be part of the seminars and the care. And, um, you know, I, I made this life decision. I knew, I know that I needed to make a change, and I wanted to make the change. And I was very fortunate to have such a great experience of being able to have it at Bay Area Regional. That's awesome. So, um, well, let's just jump into it. So, how much weight have you actually lost? Um, I have lost 154 pounds. God, that's yes. like another person. It is. Yeah. Wow. So, what surgery did you have? Uh, the sleeve gastrectomy. Okay. So what was it like before? Now she, now he's gonna listen. <laughs> now he's gonna put him on a listen. See, now it's Very interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so I'm all ears now. Go ahead. <laughs> That's so funny. So what was your life like before surgery? You know, I was I was struggling with uh, about to be forty years old. You know, and, and things start to change, and you know, I kind of felt like I had half a foot in the ground. But it wasn't because I was getting older. It was because I I wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have energy. I had high blood pressure. You know, I had a predisposition to um, heart disease, diabetes, things like that. And so, I, you know, luckily I hadn't done a lot of damage, irreversible damage to my body. Um, but I needed to make a change. You know, and and it was the right choice for me. It, it was a it was a long thought out process, but it, it definitely worked for me. So, were there activities that you weren't able to be a part of or didn't feel comfortable doing that you can now do? Well, you you tend to shut yourself off from things when you don't feel comfortable, and of course, when you don't feel good, you don't want to even try to do things. Um, 
you know, I was very active in sports throughout my life. Um, I wasn't able to do that. Um, you know, and I segregated myself from my friends and family because you just don't feel good. And, and I didn't feel like the outside matched the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm probably crazier than ever, but in a good way. Like how? What makes it crazier? I'm not scared of anything anymore, which is, I mean, obviously safe. Um, Obviously, (laughs) this guy's like, no, 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 I'm good. I have to realize that I am older, so I cannot do everything I want to do. You know, but I'm able to exercise, work out. Um, I'm not winded. I can. I can go, I can outrun my children, which wow. is a great thing. Yes. Awesome. So if I need to chase after them, I'm good to go now where <laughs> they could outrun me before. Um, and, and I feel good. And one of the really important things that I, I felt like I could give back is to be a mentor to other people who are interested in things like this, mm-hmm. uh, especially women. You know, we, we spend a lot of time breaking each other down. Let's build each other up. And if something like this gives, gives me a commonality to be part of the community and to help people, I'm all in. That's awesome. Yeah. Were there any hurdles that you had to overcome before thinking about having the surgery or having the surgery? You know, it, it is an individual choice and you want to make sure that it's right for your family, your lifestyle. Uh, this is not something that I can decide to hang up today and say, I'm taking a break from it. Mm-hmm. It is a huge commitment that you have to make. Um, I weighed out the pros and the cons. I made sure that it was going to be right for me and right for my family. Um, that was really the hurdle. And and once I decided to do it, I, I was all in. I was ready. Make the appointment. Let's get it going. And then I'm impatient. Like we we need to we, <laughs> we need to get this we have to do this. Going. So God bless Dr. Shadri that he could put up with you know of of let's let's get this going now. So you're, you know, most of the time it's like a six month process, mm-hmm. right? Like once yes. you decide that you're going to get it, you have to go to all of these other appointments. Yes. And what was that like for you? You, you go through, um, you have to do nutritional therapy just to make sure, because that's going to be part of it. It isn't just you get surgery and, and everything is solved. You have to make the right decisions um, nutrition-wise and health-wise. It's it's a long-term process. It's maintenance, and that's important. Um, he also wanted to make sure that you're healthy, you know, cardiac clearance, making sure your labs are, you know, you need to be healthy pre-surgery, mm-hmm. you know, so I appreciated that. And the thing that I probably needed the most is the psyche valve just to make sure that I'm mentally stable and prepared. So okay. I don't... I, I guess I passed that part that day, but just to make sure, you know, because it is a, it's a mental hurdle. You have to be prepared for the changes. Um, so I appreciated that he made, make sure that his patients do that process as well. Hmm. So where did you look to find information about the surgery? We have a, a very good bariatric program. Uh, we have uh, Lindsay Hughes, which is our nutritional therapist, our dietitian. Um, she's very well versed in the process. Uh, Dr. Chaudhry, too. I mean, he listened to all of my questions and all of my answers. Um, we also, the bariatric coordinator, uh, Terry Corbett, I, I bothered her constantly. Well, what if I do this and how do I do that? Um, so I've, I felt like I was part of a, a, a small community, which is good. And they also ho- uh, host different um, patient events where you can talk to other folks that have had the surgery or folks that are just thinking about having it. So good support group. Okay, so so let's go back to you had the surgery and weight started coming off. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Your first initial... I mean, you're excited. Of course you are. But, you know, you still have to come over the hurdles of, you know, your body is changing faster than maybe what you anticipated it to. And you have to be able to maintain your health. 
you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to drop off because, you know, a temporary solution isn't necessarily good for longevity. Right. So I was probably more conservative with it because I wanted to make sure that I could maintain. Mm -hmm. And then also making sure that, you know, you're prepared to, you know, your relationships, you know, you have different relationships. I have different relationships with my friends and my children because now I can be active and I can do these things. So those were happening. And so it was really exciting. So it was almost like you're going through a metamorphosis. I know that sounds very cheesy. But it, it was happening, and yeah. it, it was very exciting. So what did your friends and family say to you when they started noticing? Um, they all knew because I didn't keep it a secret. You yeah. know, I, I blabbed everything of what I was doing. They're very, very supportive. That's so awesome. they were my biggest cheerleaders, for sure. So how different is your life now, 154 pounds lighter than what it was before? I can't even compare. I mean, I really, I'm so, I'm thankful for it, but it isn't just the outside, it's the inside. I, I feel like everything matches up now because I have a, a big, loud personality and I, I feel like everything matches. So, and I have confidence and that, that allows me to be more successful in the things that I do. So, and you were on, um, I think that you've gotten off a bunch of medications. Let's talk about that a little yes. bit too. Um, I had um, very, very high blood pressure. I mean, I was like 180 over 150. I mean, it was constantly Ooh. high. And even with the medication, it was very hard to control it. Um, that obviously caused migraines and things like that. Um, so I'm off all medications. I occasionally have a migraine, but that's very, very seldom now. Uh, no high blood pressure problems. Didn't have sleep apnea before or anything like that. Um, but I mean, my cholesterol was in the 300s before surgery. I mean, I'm in the 130s now. Awesome. Yeah. So my labs are fantastic. And, you know, it's I'm proud of that. So I'm, I'm good. Okay. Dr. Daff, she is officially impressed. Oh. He's taking the headphones off because he's like, oh, my gosh, I, yeah. I can't, I can't handle great. this anymore. She's Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's awesome. So describe your family, lifestyle, activities, things that you do now, some things that you've achieved since you had the surgery um not i mean everything's just kind of i mean it is normal but i enjoy things i get out and do activities i'm more active and outgoing um you know i, I get out and just live life you know i don't stay sedentary and don't stay trapped up in my house so i feel like i have closer relationships with the people that matter the most mm -hmm. um and and that's that's a success to me um you know that's that's the things that makes life worth living Absolutely. Yeah. Are there activities that you're doing now that you weren't able to before? I mean, I work out and, you know, things like that. Um, just more cardio, stuff like that. I mean, <clears throat> I want to start, um, I would like to do a mud run, but I need to... I have no coordination. I'm, I'm healthy, but I have no coordination. So I need, I need to, like, I need to perfect that. There you go. Well, we'll see you on the on the flip side of the fun run. Thank or you. Mud run. Yeah, mud I'm run. Gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah you should do it run. with me after the baby comes. Yes, let's do okay. it. Okay, totally. All right. That'll be like my get in shape thing. Let's, and we'll, you can be like, we'll come have on, a tutu, Abby. a t-shirt. We'll yes. be good. Yeah. Yes. Yep. You okay with a pink tutu? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Awesome. All right, everybody that's watching, pink tutus is coming. Yep. yep. Me and Nicole, you better watch out. Okay, so if someone's interested in having this, what would you tell them to give them advice or encourage them if they're thinking about it? You know, just weigh your options. I mean, do your homework. Ask, you know, a, a good physician will let you 
ask all the right questions, you know. Also check our website out at www.barmc.us. Um, we have a great link on bariatrics. Um, you know, we call and, and ask to speak with Lindsay or to Terry. I mean, they're a great wealth of information. So they are do do your research it's well worth it awesome well thank you so much for sharing your story the famous story that dr Death, she didn't know what we were talking about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I awesome. now, yeah, I now i know now i know i'm very impressed thank you thank and you and if you've been watching and you're interested about uh learning about our women's center you can go to mybayareababy.com and and learn all sorts of things about you can look at pictures everything that we have to offer at our women's center at the hospital or go to barmc.us for more information like what Nicole said. You guys come back next week, next Tuesday at four. We're going to be talking to Dr. Briggs. He is a podiatrist um, about all ankle replacement, total ankle replacements, bunions, plantar fasciitis, all sorts of stuff. So if you have questions or comments, you guys come back next week. We will see you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Bay Area Regional Medical Hour. If you have questions, send us an email to info at barmc.us or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Bay Area Regional Medical Center. To learn more, visit our hospital website at barmc.us. We'll see you next Tuesday at 4 with another Bay Area Regional Medical Hour.